Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Jessica Butcher, Queen of Fantasy. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Aside from the COVID exposure, my first week of clinicals was like the best week ever. Was Yay! it? You're liking it? Yeah. It's really cool because they have, for one, they have speech, OT, and PT all together, which is kind of cool. And they have like the adult stuff and they have a peds gym in the same place. And so I would treat like a 60-year-old with a hip replacement and then go work with like a three-year-old that has down syndrome for a little bit and like oh, my brain is cool. like changing. that would be fun Sweet. i think it's amazing that they have all the ot's in what like in one place because my kids are on ot all sorts of different and i go to 18 different places i mean it's awful but it's i'm amazed cool. i can just have it here in this little town mm -hmm. so yeah mm -hmm. uh it's mostly kids that have to do all three but they'll like come in and do their speech and then as their speech therapist will bring it into their pt and then the pt passes off to ot and they can get it all done yeah that's but, amazing yeah it's so cool and they're so nice they even have a hand specialist who's an ot and i'm like a hard. hand specialist <laughs> yeah, that just so sounds like, i'm sorry that just sounds wrong <laughs> when now, i see, was i didn't go there yeah i did i found out some good information about a co-worker to this week I found out like they are good, not, like woohoo, like they are not a Trump fan. Oh, you found that yeah. out? I love it when I find that out. You know, it's hard when you live in a red state like this, when yeah. sixty-eight percent of the people here voted for him. You have to feel people out because it's like, man, and, I don't want to hate you. Yeah, and people <laughs> are really reluctant to say otherwise because they're afraid. And yeah, after no, we I... after we experience what we did this week. I mean, we yeah. haven't really talked about that. This is the first podcast since that happened. That's true. Yeah, well, I know. My dad and my grandma always told me, best policy, never talk about money, politics, or religion, because someone's going to disagree with you in the room. Yeah. It's very true. I try really yeah. hard not to at work, but um, like, I know one coworker of mine, she said, well, you know, I'm a Trump supporter. And I'm like, yes, I know. I hear you talk. I said, you know, I'm not. And she's like, oh, you aren't? I'm like, no. And she's never said anything about politics to me again. Most of the time it works, you know, like if you're working with somebody where you can just chill, you know, where you can get on with the business of what you're doing. But there are, I mean, I got in trouble so many times at work because they knew how I felt and as I would walk by the office of these two particular gentlemen, they would bait me as I walked by. Yeah. They would say, hey, I have a question for you. And I would totally, you know, fall right into the trap because I thought it was work related. Right. Well, why wouldn't you? And then they would ask the question and then I'm standing there like a dumbass, you know, and then how do you not respond when somebody asks you a question? You just, and then of course I, I get in trouble because I won't back down. Yeah. I feel I mean, like I'm the queen of just changing the subject. Yeah. To be fair, my, like, my coworker doesn't talk politics to me. She doesn't even try. So mm -hmm. I'm good about just because I see so many different people in a day at the clinic that it's bound to happen that someone's going to bring something up. 
either side. And I'm just like, yeah, well, uh, did you notice all the rain today? <laughs> How about them thunder, huh? <laughs> and that doesn't Orange really ball. work for me because I don't know a fucking thing about the thunder either. Sports balls. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. how about some sports balls go sports team (laughs) sometimes that's pleasant (laughs) and other times like the other day when all of a sudden the world begins to burn and you just go what the what the hell was that what's going on (laughs) i i just want to say this guys i'm gonna read this letter that i got from my employer on that oh, day geez. okay i was on the air that day when the capital was when it all happened stormed yeah and here's here's the email that i got and this is a radio station okay please immediately touch base with all on-air talent producers on all stations there will be zero tolerance for any editorializing on air Regards to the things going on in Washington, D.C., none. There will be immediate terminations. So you weren't allowed to talk about it? Not at all. Nothing. You couldn't even acknowledge that it was happening. Well, I can kind of understand that, though, because all you would do is anyone who disagreed with you, it would just rile them up even more. Well, I agree Mm -hmm. with that to a certain extent, but I mean... I guess it bothered me because it was so massive. Right. You know, th- that would be like, oh, well, 9-11 just happened and you can't say it happened or, you know, even allude to anything. You have to pretend like nothing's happening. That's the hard part. Right. Well, but especially in- when half of your peep, your listening audience probably left to go find out what was going on. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But (laughs) being in Oklahoma, this is the only problem. The only difference between 9-11 and the storming of the Capitol that happened is that Oklahoma is a predominantly red state. Yeah. uh, yeah. And the only thing that would happen is if any on-air personalities were to talk about it on the radio, all it would do is all of the Trump supporters in Oklahoma, it would just rile them up. And they were probably afraid that they would try to storm the state capitol or any kind of federal buildings or anything like that Mm. i mean these are extremists well and to be fair they were already at our capitol as well here in oklahoma right so i think they were just trying to keep the peace i don't think they were trying to keep it out of the media that it was happening i think they were just trying to not make it worse yeah i i agree with that and i'm i mean i know better than to say i mean it's not like it's not like i was really thinking about you know editorializing getting on and saying stuff but at the same time um you know at least making some reference to the fact that history is being made right now but not in a good way right yeah the fact that you i don't know i guess it just got to me because i felt like I felt like we should have at least acknowledged that it was happening. You felt like you were being censored. Well, yeah. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i not an idiot. I'm not going to, you know, get Don't on and... But, but like, you aren't. But what about the other people that are on air at that at different stations through the same company? Think about... <laughs> think of the sports people. Ooh. What do you think what would happen? 
That's I mean, right. That's about the time Jim Traber's on the air, isn't it? Yes, that's what the, I was he thinking. He was on the air about that time. Because you know Traber would have been all over that. Oh, my God. Man, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah, he yep. does. Yeah. And those sports people, they get riled up easy because Tyler gets gets hate tweets all the time on stuff that he's, he says on the air. Oh, I think you should Dude. publicly apologize. And, like, and, and he it's tweets, only about sports. Yeah, and it's just joking. I mean, they just joke around. And he's like, dude, you know that was a joke, right? And they just, they get so upset over it. They do. Hmm. Of course, Tyler kind of yeah. does egg him on a little bit. I was going to say, <laughs> he's not exactly subtle, Bonnie. No, no, he's not. <laughs> I'm waiting to see what other businesses. There's a bunch of people. Like, yeah, no. That as, as as all of the names of the people who were there are coming out, they're losing their jobs. Right? Well, I'm glad it's not tolerated because... No, because we can't... I mean, this we're supposed to be living in a civil society. There are things that you just don't do. It's against the law to do these things. You, I mean, there are things that are sacred. You just don't do that. Yep. Although, I don't know, when your president is kind of saying, hey, it would be okay, I'm, I feel I'll bad go... for all the personalities of those people. I, I feel kind of bad that those people were so Single-minded ridiculous. to follow him? Yeah, single-minded, ridiculous in their thinking. Like, who doesn't think about the repercussions? Who thinks that this is actually a good what, idea? A revolutionary moment? I mean, that's not who we are anymore. Right. All that we're doing is trying to elect the next president who was already picked by the people and there were recounts in numerous states. And they didn't have any evidence, zero evidence of anything that would have backed any of the... No, I don't even think this has anything to do with political lines now. It's just one radicalist who is butthurt over the fact that he lost and he thinks that this is a good way to I, I don't know throw his little hissy fit it's just it's ridiculous the fact that they thought anything was going to come of it is ridiculous and to me. sad like, what did exactly what what on earth it's it's that mob mentality thing that you know we're all psych majors so we've all studied um yeah. but it's just it's just sad how they people get riled up so easily and we had we had three buses from my town go down and then they were very very quick to say we were not involved in riots we were very peaceful and we just stayed on the lawn (laughs) but i mean you go down to do something peaceful perhaps but then it just all goes off the rails really really quickly but you know if you think about it i mean everybody always questions how hitler came into power how there was the, Uh. the nazis happened well, this is exactly what happens. You oh, get yeah. one radical leader who tries to blame all the minorities and anyone who thinks differently than other people. He tries to blame all the problems of the world on these specific people. And he has a group of followers who start to do the same thing. And then because of downfalls in the economy and everything else, everybody wants somebody who's going to make it better. Mm-hmm. And it's like these people like lose any kind of human decency that they would have. And then they start blaming the same people. And then it becomes like a mom mentality, like you were talking well, about. Well, and I think one of the worst things that I found, and, and I've, 
I've honestly, I read a book about it a while ago, and that is the white supremacist communities that are and have been expanding in power over the last four years. And we saw them on television. We saw them. Yeah. We oh, saw yeah. the dude standing there in the Auschwitz fucking sweatshirt. Right. Four people, four people died. Can you imagine? Five. They had one person, one new person. If that died had been a morning. Black Lives Matter oh. movement. Oh, my goodness. That would not have been four. That well, they, would really there would have been hundreds of that... people. If those if if those people who stormed the Capitol would have been black, they all would have been shot to death. Right. Oh, oh they, yeah. That's news... what really gets me is that, I mean, four. I mean, I hate that four people were killed, but the fact that they had that we had such restraint shows that we can show restraint when we're dealing with mobs of people with large groups of people and yet and we yet. don't i mean we did on what was it tuesday but or wednesday i don't even know this week has been so long <laughs> but we <laughs> but we don't in uh, like just craziness it baffles me well they showed baffles. um uh, uh they showed a clip of the Black Lives Matters, um, people who were protesting in front of the White House when mm -hmm. at one point compared to the riots, like the reaction from the police and the national, of course, the National Guard wasn't even there and everything else. And there was such a difference. Yeah. Such a difference. I can't. It, they had all the guys in riot gear out standing in a line in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Well, they showed the police and the police were being brutal with the protesters, like in everything yep. else. And then they showed the on the opposite side during what happened this week. And they I mean, let them get right up to the freaking steps. There was one of the police that were holding the door for people to go in. <laughs> they Boy. showed it on the news. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the hell? There were a bunch of off-duty police officers and military people in that yeah. crowd. Now, I mean, that's yep. not reflection of everybody who no, was there. No, no, I'm no, sure no, there no, was no. a lot of police yeah. that were doing their job and trying to keep them under control and everything. But I'm just saying that the treatment is different. You, I, This proves that the treatment is different. Yep. It was just really eye-opening. I mean, normally we don't talk about serious stuff. We talked about the riots when it happened with Black Lives Matter as well, though. But I mean, there are just times when history happens when you need to you need to talk it out. And for I mean, there are a lot of people freaking out this week. Yeah. About oh. what had happened. We actually did an emergency oh. Zoom call on Wednesday just to process it. Because as I don't know, as as a parent, as an American I don't know. I just felt like this is out of control. You know, it's out yeah. of control that we're behaving this way in 2021. This is not 1886 or whatever fucking year that was. That what yeah. year was that? I don't so even know. Far backward. The last time that they stormed the Capitol was like during the War of 1812. Right. So seriously, I believe I could be wrong. This is it. It's so beyond ridiculous that I can't even articulate how angry it makes me that that we even had to deal with that situation. I I was working at a call center for a cable station. So we had TVs in the call center 
waiting on the results for the for the Bush Gore election. And I can remember it was like weeks and weeks. I mean, and the TVs didn't leave because we had no idea who won. I mean, we waited much longer to figure out all that mess. Yeah. And there was not any of this weird garbage like and people freaking out. And I mean, at some point you just have to say, yeah, I lost. Mm-hmm. It stinks. But I lost <laughs> and concede and just get over it. Well, okay. we can all say definitely that it was Trump's fault. He should have <laughs> he should have shut his fucking yeah. pie hole when he lost and stopped pretending that he won. He started talking about how he was how it was going to be rigged if he lost six to eight before months. Before we even did six it. Six to eight months before <laughs> the election happened. How much of the like overreactions and um, just like the crazy stuff that's happened, how much of it do you think has to do with also having been isolated because of COVID? I wondered that too, honestly. That's because, a really yeah, good. We have so much time to think and, and so much downtime now. Well, yeah. and and we're also dealing with an unprecedented uh, loss of control in our personal lives. Um, an unprecedented loss of income, major uncertainty. So I guess, you know, maybe that's what the difference is between the Bush score thing. That was what I was wondering. Like not yeah. trying to like say. No, I mean, that's no. very true. But but that does well, bring up a good point. Every year there's something wrong with the way we, I mean, that year it was the hanging Chad. This year it was everything else. I mean, hanging Chad. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was good times. <laughs> yeah. Man, those were the good old days, weren't they? Of the, the hanging, hanging Chads. Chads. Yeah. That was a popular costume the next year. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> Golly. See, I like this one that my sister posted. It said, well, it's officially, well, it's official. 2021 just told 2020 to hold his beer. <laughs> <laughs> That one was pretty funny. But I might have to switch to whiskey if we're going to keep talking about this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to change the subject here. I just want to but... find this one thing. It was freaking hilarious. I wish I could find it. Fucking Facebook. Well, because of Trump's actions, um, Democrats are now in charge of the House and the Senate. So that bastard did it. He made America great again. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness oh well you know i guess at the end of the day the hope remains because there are adults in the room you know what i mean there are still they get pushed in a closet but yeah yeah. and let's hope that we don't have to have this conversation again next week yeah or the week after after the 20th happens because you know there are people who say trump's lackeys are already making plans to uh infiltrate the crowd at the inauguration and let's try to find how do we transition between (laughs) jesus the algorithms of the fake information (gasps) on social media and uh books golly dude i really should have i kept joking with people that i was going to read a dinosaur erotica book and I really should have done it this week. That would have been like super lighthearted and brought us all up. <laughs> oh Woo. my God. Yes. Then we could have, could have, could have Sexy talked. and vegetables. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> Did you know there are three books now about the coronavirus? Like having 
relations with a girl. The third one, there's a menage between the coronavirus and the vaccine. Oh, you've mm. got to be kidding me. You are kidding, right? Talk about a give and take. Well, you Remember you saw <laughs> oh. that like somebody posted that the like the romance where like it was like the coronavirus sweeps me away or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then the coronavirus comes back and then in the third one there's like the coronavirus is this green dude and the va- and the vaccine is this blue dude. It's not a children's book? No. no. It's like it's like it's a sex like book. erotica between a woman and the coronavirus. It's just because weird. people could do anything. Why? I don't. <laughs> That's a really good question, Jessica. Why? No book shaming, but whoa. Talk Just about whoa. an infectious relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Well, I'm telling you, when I had when I got it, I was well, I would have rather told someone I had gonorrhea than that I had had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the way people react, you're like, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> That's crazy. I'd rather tell somebody I had gonorrhea. (laughs) No, it wasn't COVID. It was just the clap. (laughs) It just burned when I peed. (laughs) It's fine. Little antibiotics and it'll be all right as rain. Got a shot in the ass and now I'm good as good. Gold as gold. (laughs) All right. Why does someone shoot? Never mind. I don't want to know. Never mind. What? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't... Mm. It costs money. If it costs money, we don't get it. For what? I mean, it's a, it's. I think it's three dollars. But that's a lot of money for something like, awful. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, are we talking about the book again? Yeah. I'm like, what costs three dollars? Gondoria? Well, I thought that was free. <laughs> I bet you could get it for three dollars, and you could get it for less. Three dollar whore. Yeah, it costs it. Co- <laughs> that's patty the daytime hooker <laughs> she'll do yeah, it for a cheeseburger on, if that book ever comes on kindle unlimited i will probably read it just so i can laugh really god hard. i miss patty the if daytime i can get hooker. that far because did oh. you hear me say i tried to read that centipede yeah book that I, people oh no, no that was, was really bad. i had nightmares Sorry, about that writer picture. of the centipede book <laughs> no i don't think you should have to apologize <laughs> i really don't it's like the human centipede. Did you ever see those books? The those cent- movies. Human centipede. The human centipede where people are connected from. Some reindeer and elves. Oh, and... it's just awful, Jessica. It'll haunt your dreams, so don't look so, at it. You're too young. But, don't look at it. Yeah. I got to say, it was so amazing that somebody found that book for us and posted it on a tribe. Yeah, th- I think it was wow. Pat. Speaking of Santa... We just would like to say thank you to Morgan, who sent us a Christmas card this year. And not only did she send us a Christmas card, she is wearing a Three Book Girls shirt in her Christmas card. Wow, that's hardcore awesome, man. Yeah, I know it's a little late, but I forgot. I haven't been here for two weeks because of Corona scares. And um, I had gotten it the week before, so I haven't been back to the podcast to... So thank you Shut for the on. card, Morgan. That was so sweet. Let's let. Why don't we do what we came here to do? Are you sure? Wait, what's that? <laughs> Are you ready to cringe? At oh my shit! Yay, right. Bonnie! Ugh. I'm so excited. <laughs> Fine, hit me. It's not so much the book. 
that you're not going to like? It's, it's the author. The author. Oh, no. Because I read another Bill O'Reilly book. <laughs> he Well, they did. He did a series and he's not the only writer on it. They did a series and it was like oh. the quote unquote killing series. So like a while back, I reviewed. It's nonfiction. Right. They're nonfiction books. Good I job. reviewed Killing of the Rising Sun, which was about the war in Japan that Bill O'Reilly wrote. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking to my dad over Christmas, because, you know, I read like a 60 year old man. He said that that was a series. So I looked up some more and the one that I'm going to do this week, I'm not going to review all of them that I read because I don't want Martha to have a stroke. So I read uh, Bill O'Reilly's Killing of Crazy Horse. And this is about the merciless Indian wars in America. And I haven't read a lot about the history of Native Americas, uh, um, Native Americans in history. I kind of know the story, but they don't, they didn't go over it a lot when I was in school. Probably because I went to school in New York, so... I mean, they, they discussed it some, but this is, it has a lot of history about the treaties that America made with the Native American tribes, trying to keep the peace that America kept breaking and renegotiating and renegotiating and just basically saying, well, I know that we said that we could live in peace if you let us do this, but we're going to go ahead and not do this anyways. And you can just deal with it, basically, until both parties went into this very vicious war against each other that actually reminds me a lot of how Japan fought the war during World War II. I mean, it was pretty brutal on both sides. It wasn't even just the Native Americans, you know, doing, trying to fight back because basically that's all that they were doing. So this, um, the main part of this book, though, is centered around the Battle of Custard's Last Stand. Did the you say Battle Custard's Last Stand? Custard's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, sorry. I told you that I was stuffy. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Battle of Little Bighorn. This is mainly based on the Battle of Little Bighorn and... It's just a really good look at what actually happened with the tribes, between the tribes and the settlers of America. And it, it gave a lot of insight and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> awesome. So we went from uh, depressing modern day to depressing history. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know why you let me go first. <laughs> It just really blew my mind when I was reading this book at, because I didn't know about all of the treaties that happened between the American government and the Native American tribes trying to keep the peace. Like at one point, they said that if you let us have the lands from the Mississippi East, then you can have everything West and, you know, that that'll be our our compromise. You know, you let us have this land, you can have this land for your your, to keep your way of life and so on and so forth. And then we're like, just kidding. <laughs> we need that land too. And then mm. the fact that, you know, we, we forced them to become Christians. We forced them to send their kids to these boarding schools to try to reeducate them. 
and just basically just take away their whole way of living. I mean, we're horrible people. I mean, we don't exactly have the best history in the world. I mean, we talk about all of the history for German and Japan and everything else. And we have a little less of a brutal history, but not by much. Well, right. I mean, we we get on Germany all the time about, like, how could you do something like that to Jewish people? What did we do? I mean, we did something really, really similar. Right, because not only did they go to war with the Native American warriors, you know, like the armies of tribe of tribes and America, we would go in and just completely wipe out the yeah. whole settlement that was women and children. I mean, how right is that? Mm. I mean, it's sad. It's sad to think that because we like to think that we are different and more ethical than some countries but if you look at our history we're kind of not we're kind of not that's why we have to learn from history that's why we try to be better that's why those of us who yeah we're trying to be better some of us are trying to be better yeah that's one of the reasons why i like to read you know all of this because it actually makes you more empathetic towards like the Native Americans who this is this is their history. This is what happened. We came in and just took over their all of their land. And yeah, it was not a great look at America, but mm, I guess this is a good week for that. <laughs> but I really am going to have to switch to whiskey. Oh, poor Jessica. We're all going to have to drink after this. We're totally stressing her out. <laughs> Bonnie's eye is starting to twitch. Oh my gosh. Wrinkles. <laughs> After this, we're going to have some nice Zanuck appetizers. <laughs> a little Valium on the side. little, yeah. some special brownies. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll get Dylan to give us some special brownies. Mm-hmm. Make Man, some special I would brownies. kill for some special brownies. Can you send them? Uh, Do you think they go through the mail? Mm, well. Probably not a good idea. <sighs> Pennsylvania. Stupid Pennsylvania. Keith has to stay on the straight laced path. Bummer. Damn it. <laughs> the laced? What are you laced with? <laughs> oh, erotica. I'm pretty sure it's going to have to be some pretty good laces. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, for anyone who's interested in the history of America, I love how she looks at me when she says that. <laughs> And I promise this is the last dad book that I'm going to review on the podcast. No, you can review That's as many dad books as you want, girl. Huh? Go for it. Hey, don't don't paint yourself into that corner, man. You read dad books if you want. Well, for for this go round. Now, when I talk to him again, I can't make any promises. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that was called "Killing of Crazy Horse" by Bill O'Reilly. You know that I like those books. I can't help it. Don't apologize for what you love, honey. We love you for who you are. I saw that one commercial again that said, who reads books about submarines? Who reads books about submarines? My dad. (laughs) (laughs) The one about becoming your dad. Yeah, becoming your parents, like when you buy a house or whatever. (laughs) Yep. That part always cracks me up because... first time I saw it I was like what's wrong with submarines like, what book is that <laughs> Jessica what do you got in there you got anything good I got 
The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. Ooh, mm. I've actually seen that one and have wondered about it. It's phenomenal because we know we know you liked the Ten Thousand Doors of January. I so. did, yes. Same author. It's a tale that bounces between the perspectives of three sisters who are witches and also suffragettes. And so they're living in, to begin the book, they're not even talking to each other. They're estranged. Um, And somehow all three of them end up in the same spot of the same city. And this old tower shows up and disappears. So it like blinks in and out? It shows up, but the spell isn't finished, so it goes away. Oh. And so um, in this book, pretty much every woman and some men have some sort of words, and the words, the ways, and the will to work spells and magic. Um, And so the... Women are trying to use their words and will and way to get women the vote and bring back some of the power that's been lost because men are afraid of witchcraft, so women are the oppressed ones, kind of. Hmm. That's the overlying tone, is a lot of women's rights. And how people are tend to be afraid of things that they don't understand or things that they don't have themselves. Hmm. A little bit. But if all those three sisters... Um, and it's kind of cool because they uh, it rotates their perspectives, and it's it starts with each one. And it's like James Juniper is the wild one; she's the youngest. She's very rebellious, very impulsive, but so just fiery. And like I love her so much. And then there's Agnes Amaranth, who is the strong one, and so she's the one who kind of holds everything together and takes care of everybody. And then there's Beatrice Belladonna, who is the wise one. And so they embody the mother maiden and the crone. Ah, okay. And so um, they decide that they're going to try and figure out how to call the tower back. It's the lost way of Avalon that's supposed to bring back the old witchcraft. Because they have the will and words and ways to, like, keep wrinkles out of their husband's suits. And, like, a few people have some dangerous things, but, like like calling for snakes or fire, but they're usually burned pretty quickly <laughs> in New Salem. Salem, So they're trying to call back this lost tower to get all of their knowledge and power back so that hopefully they can have the same rights eventually. Um, oh, it was so good. There's a lot of fairy tales, like the words and ways haven't been completely eradicated because they're wrapped up in the fairy tales and songs that the moms sing to their daughters and sons and because men can do it too it just takes knowledge which is kind of a cool concept and so it's got a lot of the fairy tale elements in it that are kind of cool with a lot of just really heavy stuff that you're just like whoa but it's just it's so good there's a lot of you know like love and loss between the sisters because they've been separated and they think they've betrayed each other but you never really know what you don't know the whole story always. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like that love and loss of their old relationship, and there's like the hatred from the opposition. But there's just so much hope, and just ah, oh, it's so good. 
I just, and I also love the way she writes because she's very um, uses a lot of imagery. She really paints you a good picture for what she's trying to let you see and trying to convey. And oh, I just loved it. It was so good. The Ten Thousand Doors of January was excellent. And yes, if you liked very, this book, I think I might actually pick it up as well. It's very much like that. And there's there's a lot of fairy tales, but not in like the happy go lucky kind of way. It's like the mm, and the witch gets burned at the end. Or the evil stepsisters. Don't tell so like the grand. end. It's like no, I mean, like you know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> no, the story. T- oh, I see fairy what you're tales. saying. In the, f- in the fairy tales, okay. Yeah, like yeah. the fairy tales. The witches get burned at the end, or like mm-hmm. the stepsisters to cut off their toes. You know, it's yeah, not like the okay. Disney fairy tale. Right. Um, I like those fairy that, tales the best. <laughs> yes. They're gru. It's gruesome. I like, know. Part- and I'm like, wow, that was. My mom used to read the. Uh, the real fairy tales to us those were not happy tales the grim yeah they did not always Grimm's have happy and anderson's um, hans christian anderson and i loved it i would give it five stars it's how i closed out my 2020 and uh i'm super happy about that <laughs> sweet but, um it's the once in future witches by alex e harrow and it's there were witches and there were there will be again. <laughs> Ooh. Awesome. Very nice. Okay, Keith. Did you bring us a romance today or do you have something different? It is not it's not really a romance, no. But it is it's a very lighthearted book and I I was at a point where I needed something like that. So I reached out to our awesome group, uh, Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. And one of the wonderful women I met on there, Sarah from Canada. We love told me Sarah. I, we love Sarah. Told me I had to read this book. And we like a lot of the same stuff. So I read Agatha Arch is Afraid of Everything by Kristen Barrow Keefe. And when I say she's afraid of everything, she is afraid of eating beans, all kind of beans. She's afraid of getting anthrax. She's afraid of driving into a lake. She's afraid of strangers, sand, mice, ghosts, alien invasions, fireworks, and drowning. She has lots of fears. Yes, she does. She's afraid of anthrax. I'm sort of afraid of anthrax too, but it doesn't like haunt my dreams or anything. (laughs) Well, she reads an article about global warming and how some of like the polar ice caps have animals who may have had anthrax and how it's going to get down here and then it consumes her thoughts <laughs> this is how like her mindset goes but one of her one of the fears she does not have is that her husband will leave her for another woman but unfortunately that <gasps> is exactly what happened that should be what she's afraid of right what, so one day she's in her house and she's having lunch. She like made lunch for her two boys and she's ha- and they're eating and she goes out uh, side to pick up like they were playing ball or something. And she hears all these noises coming from their garden shed. <gasps> yeah. And she finds him having sex with the much younger dog walker with a hoe. Oh, my God. In the shed. And then all of a sudden she kind of loses the plot and she doesn't know what's happening until later when she finds out that she has taken a hatchet from the shed and 
torn the shed apart. Like it's just in ruins. <laughs> and I think she describes it like she's like, all I know is that naked people were fleeing and my <gasps> and there was a hatchet on the ground and my shed is now like all a flutter and destroyed. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And the police come and like, and this book is really quite hilarious. Um, I mean, poor Agatha, but so she has all sorts of weird issues. Like there is a skunk who lives under her porch and she's named the skunk Susan Sontag. I I don't know, like, but. Not only a first, but a last name. So on the same day, she she's waiting for her husband takes the children and they go to the woman who he's having the affair with her house. And so the kids are staying over there and she just kind of lays on the porch all night waiting for them to come home. Not sure if they're going to come home. And of course, the skunk comes out and sprays her. So then she's going to the drugstore in the drive-thru and asking the boy while she smells horrific for 20 cans of tomato soup. (laughs) I mean, this is just the weird stuff that happens in her life. She has this woodpecker who is constantly on her roof, always pecking and making her crazy. And then she has a mother's group in her of her, all the mothers in her neighborhood and a few dads. And the mother's group has like a Facebook thread. I mean, she doesn't say that, but they they have a messaging thread and the messaging thread often goes through this book. And it's just hysterical when the shed thing happens because she's on the thread and everybody's like, did you see the shed? Did you hear about the dog walk? Because the dog walker is very known in the neighborhood because she walks everyone's dog. Aww. And they're like, did you hear about the dog walker? Did you see the... And they're like, "Who? what happened? Whose shed is it? Agatha's? Agatha Arch? Like, what? Like, And she's basically like, hi, I'm right here. And she's kind of the, the bitchy woman in the mother's group. So... Mm-hmm. It's like a basic mother's group. They're constantly gossiping. And one mother will be like, look at this spot on my child's bum. Like, is this regular diaper rash or is this something else? And 18 moms will be like, oh, you need to do this. And three moms will be like, no, don't do that. Do this. And Agatha's like, take him to the doctor. Why are you asking these stupid women? (laughs) Like, So she's the one who thinks everything is just ridiculous on the thread and when all when her life goes to ruins like she she lives in one of those like edward scissorhands kind of developments mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever watch that movie where yes. everybody knows everything and they all have like the same house and so the night that the th- like that all this happens all the husbands are like driving home very slowly to see the remains of the shed in the yard. Oh my and god. The neighbor across the street is is like, "Huh, look at that." And so she has all these fears. She sees this therapist as it is and she she is just hysterical. I mean, 
obviously this is a really awful thing that has happened to her and her husband is basically says to her i i've fallen out of love with you i am in love with this woman i didn't know how to tell you but she is he calls her he texts her and says my love's name is willow and she doesn't call her willow she refuses to she calls her gdog which stands for the grand dom of grapefruits because <laughs> this woman has great breasts and they're not saggy because she hasn't breastfed and you know agatha's kind of bitter because <laughs> she doesn't have great breasts anymore and- did you say um the of great breast or grapefruits grapefruit she calls her the grand dame of grapefruits because her breasts look like grapefruits. I was going to say, what's wrong with grapefruits? I love grapefruits. They're like one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, but if you have, you know, grapefruits on your chest, they're not saggy. They're no. like just well, nice and round and they're firm. They're just perfect. And, mm, yeah. I wish I had grapefruits. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? So she, <laughs> Yeah, seriously, I would die for that. But so she is trying to be civil with her husband but she's really really bitter and he every time she texts about the gdog he tries to remind her that she has a name and it's willow and she's trying to be nice because her sons are involved and they're young and she doesn't want to say anything and she's like you know i've made children with this man i mean i love him and have loved him so she she struggles throughout this book and it's just between the mother's group who are constantly texting one of the moms across the mom that lives across the street she purposefully does nothing with this shed for a long time and the woman's just like when are you going to get rid of the shed when are you going to get rid of the shed when like it's an eyesore and And i feel like it (laughs) (laughs) so she's just she's just ticking everybody off and she can't let her husband like she can't let it go that her husband is happy with another woman so she and i don't know who this man is i had to ask my husband about it she loves bear grills oh yeah i know who that is he's got a survivor show i guess yeah he does so she really thinks she can be like him so she buys like these she calls them her spy pants oh and they just have tons they have tons of pockets so she can put like a pocket knife and a compass and binoculars and a camera i've got to read this book this sounds absolutely hilarious and she just decides she has to spy on her husband all the time and and then at one point that she just keeps getting the police keep coming because <laughs> she's spying on her husband it's just this hysterical book but at the same time, at the same time that it's hysterical, it's sad because it. She keeps trying to like figure out what she what she did or what she can do or, and she didn't do anything. Her husband just fell in love with somebody else, and he is sad about it, and he he's upset that he did this but at the same time like he's in love with another woman and the and the other woman is actually kind of nice and tries to be nice to her and Agatha's not there for that yet like no. <laughs> no it's just all about 
all the crazy stuff she does trying to come to terms with all this, trying to find her, like trying to be a nicer person because she's kind of alone now. Like she doesn't really have friends. These mothers are, you know, like just not her cup of tea. And she's just kind of trying to reinvent herself and not be scared of everything and figure out where she is. But it's truly, (laughs) it's truly hysterical. You kind of like, are just covering your eyes and being like, oh, no, 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 don't do it, Agatha. Please don't do it. No. (laughs) It sounds like an absolutely hilarious book. It does. I'm going to have to read it now. The dedication in the book is for all who face down their father-mucking fears with gusto and verve, you've got this. That totally sounds like us, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It is a very, it's, it's just, there are so many things that you, you that she talks about in this book and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I've had those mothers on the Facebook thread or I've been in that mother's group or, oh yes, I've dealt with these neighbors who are like, what's up with your lawn? Like, oh. Or... If I hadn't read so many good books last year, it def it was really close to making my top five. Was- um, and that was Agatha Arch is Afraid of Everything by Kristen Bear O'Keefe. No, you're Thanks, talking- Sarah. <laughs> I got to admit, I'm I'm feeling a little afraid of anthrax right now. <laughs> you know what's funny? Got me thinking about that anthrax that was mailed to the different senators and whatnot. Now I'm now I'm obsessing about anthrax. Thanks, Agatha. Well, it's because we, Honestly, we know about Trump. Honestly, her in like, you know, dressed up like Kim Possible outside her husband's window. <laughs> <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly how I pictured it. Yeah. Well, I said to my husband last night, I said to him, you know, one of her big things is she's afraid of driving her car into a lake and not being able to get out. So she purchases that tool that yeah. cuts your seatbelt and and they're acting like that's a funny thing. And I have like four. <laughs> and I was like, oh, am I crazy? And he's like, yeah, when you bought that, I thought you were a little, and I bought him another one, like for Christmas this year. Oh, before Jessica's I read the book. There. And I was like, uh-oh. See? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad, the Jessica. <laughs> it's rainbow. It's got the seatbelt cutter and the window breaker. <laughs> nice. See, that's pretty I'm cool because I felt weird when they acted like that was a bizarre thing. It's only a bizarre thing if you live in the desert, <laughs> you know, where there's no chance of driving into a lake. You know, sometimes things happen. You never know yeah, what's going to happen. It's true. You were talking about the grass and it made me think of one time when I actually, you know, was married and lived in one of those little cookie cutter neighborhoods and everything. And it was when I was very first starting to go through my divorce. So, of course, all the neighbors knew about it, obviously. And I had um, started digging this part in my lawn up that I was going to make into like this flower bed and buy like the stones and everything. And one of my neighbors came over and said, uh, what's that? You uh, fixing to bury a body? (laughs) (laughs) You were like, "Um, do you feeling lucky? Because you probably shouldn't know this information. Yeah. Mm, Maybe don't piss me off. (laughs) All right, moving right along. It is my turn, right? Yeah, you guys both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds I, like us playing cards. Whose turn is it? Oh, oh. Yeah, we played I think cards. It, I think it's yours. <laughs> Bonnie came over early and we played cards today. It was awesome. 
Except for I lost. Again, at a different fucking game. She's like the queen of cards. She gets me every time. But do I love playing? Yes, I do. I got to play Candyland yesterday while I was at my rotation. Oh, yeah. nice. I actually like Candyland. That's what we played all the time. I, I liked it real. when I got to go to the candy cane real forest. Real. <laughs> all right. This is not a book about candy cane forests, but this is about robots. My book is. That's a long. That makes more sense. That's a, that's a far cry <laughs> from candy canes. Yeah, it kind of is. It's called The Hierarchies by Roz Anderson. But the thing that makes it different, of course, I've read tons of books about robots because, you know, I love sci-fi. Well, this one is about Sylvie, and she is a synthetic woman, a fully sentient robot designed to cater to her husband's every whim. So basically, she's a sex bot. Basically. Yeah. So in the beginning of the book, she is... It's, it's really kind of surreal and creepy because she talks about her husband. He's her husband. And he has her in this little room up in the attic. And he's purchased all of these. Um, he's, he's a very wealthy man. And so he's purchased all of these antiques and just made the room absolutely beautiful. One of the things that he buys for up there is this antique writing desk. Well, Sylvie doesn't know what a writing desk is because she doesn't understand what writing is. So he has to explain that to her. And he then gifts her with a journal so that she sits at her writing desk and, you know, learns how to write in her journal. I can't stress to you enough how creepy it is that she's sitting up here in this room. She's she's powered by sunlight. It talks about how she'll go over and stand up against the windows to get charged. But I mean, she's she has to be ready for her husband whenever he comes up. Her husband wants her to be able to converse with him. So he educates her, which then, of course, you know, leads to her becoming even better at critical thinking because she learns a lot of things. Yeah. Like how it's wrong for her to be kept up in the attic in a room? Yeah. Well, there there are women and then there are created women and she's a created woman. He tells her, well, you can't leave this room. Begins to break little rules. She'll, she'll wait until the lady of the house is out. And she'll creep downstairs and, you know, look around and, and do different things. Well, at one point, she goes into the child's room after they have a child. And then they send her to the hospital. Quote, basically, quote. yeah, basically they send her to get her memory wiped. So she wakes up in her room and she feels like something's not quite right, but she can't really put her finger on what it is. And she goes to her little journal and she realizes that she's written herself a little code. So even though her journal doesn't say anything specific about, you know, three or four pages in, 
she had started to like leave herself a little code and she figures out what the code is. And so she's able to read about all the things that happened to her before. And then, of course, after she reads that, she gets paranoid because she knows that they're going to, you know, if she does anything out of line, they'll just send her back to the hospital again. Well, in the meantime, the wife is really pissed off that she's up there. Yeah. And because the husband brings her gifts all the time. So her husband has brought her this little bird. It's a little mechanical bird that she just loves this bird. And while she's asleep, the wife comes up and trashes her room and kills her bird. And she's really sad and she wants to bury the bird. So she takes the bird out into the yard to bury the bird and the kid comes up. Well, of course, she's been at the hospital for a while. The kid's already like three or four years old because she's lost all this time because they shut her off. So she's out trying to bury the bird in the yard and the wife comes out and loses her mind. Well, Sylvie runs away. And the story is sort of about how she becomes a sentient person, you know, and how she lives her life. And it was really, really a good book. I guess I was surprised that I liked as much as I did because really... I don't know. The idea of reading about a sex bot wasn't really, you know, it it doesn't sound like it's going to be a good book. But it was surprisingly insightful and really, really deep when you didn't think it was. Because of the people she comes into contact with and the situations between the created women and the born women, and all of the things that happened to her after she leaves her home. It was really an excellent book. And I found out it's also a debut novel. So it gets that extra little tick <laughs> for me, which means I need to get a copy for my shelf. So I'm, it just really made me a happy person when I finished reading it, and it had a really good ending. So I yeah. get, it, this is my first five-star read of the year. And it was called The Hierarchies by Roz Anderson. It sounds How totally annoyed creepy. are we with that husband? <laughs> I'm pretty is annoyed. Everybody, is everybody pretty ticked off at him like me? Because like when you said the woman of the house, the whole time I'm thinking, why, why doesn't he just marry somebody for money? And then... I'm like, he's married. He's and he, married and he has a kid. And he's teaching this. He's when Ew. when she comes to live with them, his wife is pregnant. Yeah. That's and he's like educating her because he needs someone to talk to. Yeah. You're married. Yeah. Talk or to get your a wife. Friend, you idiot. Yeah. Right? It, it like I said, I almost didn't keep reading. Blow up because I was so pissed off at how I, there were a lot of things in the beginning of this book that I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. But then when she ran away, I was like, okay, I can do this now. Also kind of annoyed with the wife. Like you yeah. have a problem with your husband having a sex bot. Talk to the husband. Don't torture the sex bot. I, yeah. yeah. Well, this I, was I, after she got back from the hospital. Well, right. They but took why, her and why they, is she blaming the robot? They though? fixed the, they fixed the yeah. robot. 
and then they um, shut her off for a couple of years. And why did he kill? She killed her bird because she was mean. mad. Because she was mad at the husband. So yeah, see that's the problem. And you know ass. she's she's a the. I mean, it just brings up all kinds of interesting conversations because she's she's alive. Yeah, you know you 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 have the idea that she's a robot and that that's okay but based on the way her programming works and the way her mind begins to work you kind of get right away where this is going and how ethical is any of this it's so reminds me of mechanical so the great i mean it this would be a great i think this would be a great book to do in a book club setting because there's a lot of stuff that comes up in this book that would make fantastic conversations. Right. A lot of issues yes. to unravel. Yes. Like that movie, iRobot. Yes. Only this is, it's so close to our timeline. It's like a very near future mm-hmm. type situation. And it feels almost like it could really happen. I mean, based on where we're going with things it kind of feels like this could really happen and the way the way people treat the other girls who are robots that she meets and the way people react to her and the way they're treated i mean you could really make a lot of parallels it reminds me of Handmaid's Tale a little bit. I was just going to say, yep. it's like a reverse Handmaid Tale. There's a lot of really good stuff in here, you guys. It was a really excellent book. I Honestly, when I picked it up, I did not expect to feel any of the things I felt when I read it. And I got to say, I, I also didn't realize it was her debut novel until, you know, I went, because I never go to Goodreads first. I always yeah. read the book and then I go look at Goodreads and see what maybe some other people have said about it or whatever. Maybe read a little bit about the author. I didn't know if it was a guy or a girl because the first name is spelled R-O-S. So I thought maybe that was Ross. Mm-hmm. So then when I went to Goodreads, I looked at her picture and it's a, and it's a woman. She's- it sounds um, a little creepy, a little interesting. It was very, it was very creepy and very interesting. And I think that it would make a stellar movie. I think it would make a really good movie. Not that I'm saying don't read the book. Do read the book because it's going to come out as a movie eventually. I just know it. I have that feeling. I hope someone makes it like a mini series. I feel like mini series are better for books. I agree. Because because you're not so rushed to get everything in well and there's so much good content in there so so overall husbands and books this week not great <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that's pretty well that pretty well oh but, husbands yeah well you didn't have any husbands in your book no no i mean they talk about custer and his wife mm. and they're Naughty letters that they wrote back and forth to each other with lots uh-huh. of sexual innuendos. Oh. Talking about like I haven't, bow, I haven't bow. had a ride on a horse in a long time. <laughs> 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 I only want the kind of rides that you provide. 
Oh my gosh. They actually did write dirty letters back and forth to each other. That is actually part of the book. It was pretty. Wow. Well, at least he didn't have a sex robot. Sheesh. Well, I mean, this was hey, in, you know, in the future, Custer might have had a sex. This was like in the 1840s. I they didn't even have electricity. Yet. Oh, someone should do that though, like a time travel General Custer's sex robot. <laughs> that would make a great band name, don't you think? <laughs> sex robots, time no. traveling sex robots, Custer, Custer's sex robot. <laughs> Mm, I don't know about that. I don't think he's remembered for very, very. That's why it would make a great band name because it doesn't make any sense. Mm. If you can write about COVID romances, Mm. you can write about yeah, uh, you can traveling sex robots. I would love that actually. I mean, wasn't that a Doctor (laughs) Who? You could make a whole series, (laughs) yeah. Doctor Who specifically doesn't try to do romantic attachments. The sex robot, that's all she does. She goes back in time and she's like, hey, you know, like Custer, maybe you would have been a nicer guy to the Indians if you'd had some loving. I watched something that was a time traveling thing and I wish I could remember what it was, but it was somebody that was hitting like on Ben Franklin and I can't remember what what that show was. So you're saying history might have been a little nicer if those dudes had been laid more often? Maybe that's what the Apps. problem was. We'll never know. Maybe they, that's the difference. We could go back in time and change things for the better if we could just get them all laid a little more often. They spent way too much time on those horses and a little less time on something else. <laughs> there you go. We've just discovered the way to fix so, all the world's problems. It's the way Everybody to world peace. Get laid. <laughs> Well, isn't that isn't don't much... ride a house or ride a, wait don't ride a horse ride a cowboy ride a there you go figure. save a horse ride a historical figure good job <laughs> nice Jessica <laughs> that's hilarious yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. it's a whole new kind of dad book that's a whole new kind of butterfly <laughs> effect they're just calling each other daddy they're not really dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Ooh, let me squeeze those great robot horses and then you wouldn't need you'd have it all in one package <laughs> sorry i gotta take out my vagina and clean it now but then they never come Cat. in from the barn they have I detachable mean, penises oh detachable penis and detachable vaginas that's right that's what we need Pretty soon the sex robots will just get rid of us. <laughs> oh, it's like a transformer horse. It's like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> ah, sex robot. Rah, Transformers <laughs> more than meets the eye. So instead of, oh, yeah. Instead of changing from a robot to a car, it would change from a horse to a sex robot. Well, I mean, yes. let's go back to this car idea because some of us need to get around and we're not. <laughs> it gets a little chilly when you're riding a horse in the winter. <laughs> Imagine so we could have a sex out. robot that turns that into was... a car. Then it could, t- it could take you where you need to go, whatever it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what your needs, it can take you where you need to go. And you can get off wherever you need to. 
But, um, this is our whole new series. <laughs> this is our new series that we need to write. Forget about that. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The 50, 50 states of... Um... 50 states of urban legends porn. Oh, yeah. No more. No. Now we're doing sex robots and history. Now we I'm just really thinking about on. how nice it would be to spend my lunch hour in my car if my car was a sex <laughs> robot. <laughs> <laughs> Be coming back in ready for a cigarette and a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, and on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production. <laughs>